Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Driven Chat Podcast. I'm John Markar. Hello. And this week for this intro... I'm all on my own. Ah, oh. last week it was just me and Amy in an office on our own, and and this week it, it's just me on my own, which is pretty tragic. But hey, I'm not going to bore you with just my solo voice for an entire podcast because this week we're mixing things up a little bit. It is no secret by now that you may be aware that we have a radio show as well as this wonderful podcast that we've now been doing for almost a year. We're going to celebrate that soon. Now, back to that radio show versus podcast versus everything else we do on the social medias. As I say, we have a radio show as well as a podcast. And on this weekend, the weekend just gone on our radio show, we had two amazing guests. Now, both of which have appeared on the podcast before. And if you're a really, really avid follower of ours, you may remember that back in, goodness gracious me, 2016, 17 we had another radio show. Andy J had the Motor Show on Talk Radio. I was a, a a bit of an on and off sidekick for that show as well. And on that show, we had Tim Burton, aka Shmi150, possibly the most famous car YouTuber there is, came on the show to join Andy and have an interview in the studio. We have also done a podcast in the not too distant past with Tim. In fact, when we last spoke to Tim, he was in Dubai and Andy and I were here in the UK. But as we pulled in to record this week's radio show that we do every Tuesday night at Caffeine and Machine, lo and behold, who's there unexpectedly, completely by chance? It's Shmi150. 
So, of course, we went over and said hi to Tim uh, and asked if he wanted to come on the radio with us, which, of course, he did. So that was nice. And, of course, being a radio show, we're limited to time. So sometimes we have to trim down bits and pieces of the chats. Uh, and we know, of course, that not everyone has the, the time and the means to listen to the radio as it goes out as live every Sunday evening at 7pm on Talk Radio, just in case you are interested in joining us next week. So we thought, look, we don't want people to miss this conversation. We're going to include that, the full conversation, completely unedited, into this week's podcast episode. And then, alongside Tim Burton, we also spoke to our other regular Alex Goy, freelance journalist extraordinaire. And Alex joined us this week because he has recently got back from Croatia where he's been driving the new fully electric, fully bonkers, 2000 horsepower Rimas. Again, time constraints on the radio. We were limited to the amount of time we could put out. So we had to chop down Alex's conversation and some of his anecdotes about the car. But of course, in podcast land, we can be as long as we like. So we're going to include the full conversation with Alex Goy and his drive of the Rimas. So that is going to be this week's podcast episode. We hope you enjoy it. Last week, we got an amazing response to Amy and I doing listeners' letters. So thank you all very, very much for your lovely, lovely, lovely comments. A lot of people using that hashtag leap of faith. Pretty cool. Love seeing that sort of stuff. If you would like to get your email read out or a direct message or any, however you would prefer to get in contact with us, please do feel free to get in contact. The email address, I'll remind you, is podcast at drivenchat.com. If you'd like to send us a direct message on Instagram or on Facebook or on YouTube or Twitter, however you prefer to use your social medias, uh, please do so. Get in contact with us there. We will read them out. So we will do Listeners' Letters Volume 3 at some point in the very near future. So keep those emails coming in. Keep those questions coming in. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your support. And here are not one, but two interviews first heard on the Driven Chat radio show, Sunday 7pm on Talk Radio, but in full, just for you, here on the Driven Chat podcast. Cheers. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. And it's time now for our headline guest. I'm so pleased to welcome. We just saw him hanging out at this wonderful <laughs> venue and immediately we had to lasso him into the chat. It's the man you know as Shmi150. We call him Tim because that's his real name. Tim, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Good to see you guys. Hey, thanks for coming here. I mean, it's unmissable when you rock up in your beautiful McLaren. Yeah, I think it stands out a fair bit in the sunshine. <laughs> and I think we need to stress to the listener that this part of it, you know, it is a bit of a happy accident. I pulled in and went, aha. And then Andy pulled in and went, aha. <laughs> and here you are doing yeah, something, recognize which is that one. great. Completely coincidental my end as well. But good to see everyone. I mean, one thing is for sure, anybody that follows you online, and let's be fair, there are millions of people who do, will see that you basically never stop. You're like the roadrunner. You are everywhere, all the time, endlessly. How do you do it? How do you manage your schedule? What's going on? It's not easy. I'll start there. It's not easy at all. I, I have a great uh, group of people working with me, which help, but it's kind of the dream for myself as well. So it's any opportunity that presents its, itself to me. It's like, yeah, I've got to do it. You know, if it's physically possible to get there or to, to have the time to do whatever it might be, it's always a yes. Like there's no, there's no excuse for a no unless it's physically impossible. So, you know, recently traveling around where allowed, where possible. Um, obviously, in this car space, there are always new things coming out. There are always new people to meet and new places to go. So bring it all on. Well, what I love, Tim, is that you are now able to speak with such authority because you have 
driven basically everything. You know, what, uh, people that don't necessarily know, when a new car or a new manufacturer is coming out, there are a sort of handful of people, from journalists to influencers and so on and so forth, they're invited to get a first look, a first test drive, sometimes even a, a, a very kind of exclusive, can you film this now and not put it out for several weeks type thing. Or months. Or months, even. Wow. You are almost always one of the first names on those lists. So you have literally driven anything you want. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. You know, sometimes I have to think about it a little bit myself, but every Bugatti or Pagani or Koenigsegg or some some of these, you know, seriously rare and exclusive hypercars, but also all the new models from Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren and it it still makes me have to kind of pinch myself to think about this but to have experienced all of these different cars as you say often before pretty much anyone else has um which is fantastic but comes with a lot of responsibility as well and you know it comes from building relationships and and being involved in the industry now for quite a long time yes i I must say i've been to a few of these events and you are always there i'm always like wow (laughs) you do get about i mean i i think i'm busy and then i see you everywhere how i mean i'd be exhausted do you know, it's it's actually been a really interesting period because if you rewind a couple of years, 2015, 16 were getting busy for me, 2017 even more, 2018 was getting a bit crazy, 2019 was probably too much. I was on a plane nonstop. I think I had something like 28 overnight long-haul flights in one year, wow. and I'm not going to lie, it, it was too much. Yeah. So in a very strange way, the slowdown of the last 18 months has kind of been a blessing in disguise because it's forced being in one place for months at a time (laughs) to just chill a notch, (laughs) just to not have to run around so frantically because the, the, the car world is very much this almost like moving circus that goes from the Geneva Motor Show to the Goodwood Festival of Speed to Pebble Beach in California. And it's often the same people you're with in the same places, just choosing Mm -hmm. different events to launch a new model. And a lot of that has just slowed down. It's just come to a chill and the events, you know, with manufacturers, like you were saying, has become more because of the the requirements of the global uh, circumstances has become more cars coming to you or to locations near you, um, which is given that I, I often think about the whole the influencer circle and the YouTuber circle. I think there's often a feeling of pressure in needing to be one of those first people that's either been at a launch or let's say all the influencers, YouTubers get get to go to a launch there's this scramble almost to get their video out and seen they want to be make sure that you're one of those first three or four that have seen the video and I think you would have been part of that group maybe a few years ago but nowadays I guess the phone's going to ring whatever happens and you're quite often I guess you're getting a door held open for you before the masses get to see whatever's coming out I've seen you talking about cars before the huge magazines and publications are talking about cars. And you know, so that that must be making life slightly easier as well for you. It, it goes, it actually goes both ways. You know, so you certainly, obviously, like a magazine or a newspaper wanting to be the first to break a story, right? You want to be the first person, of course, from a, if you say, business perspective. You know, it's better for views yeah. at the end of the day if you're the first person, so long as you do it right. Um, but equally, I think at this stage for me now, I don't have so much pressure that I have to. You know, if I cover a car a little bit later, it's it gives me more time to learn about it. Mm. So, for example, I recently drove the SF90 Stradale from Ferrari, mm. and a fair few people drove it months before I did. But it's given me time to even take it in and understand it more because it's Ferrari's first hybrid. It has a whole lot of new tech and systems that I'm not familiar with. You know, if you jump from if you jump from one Aventador model from Lamborghini to another, they're loosely the same. Yeah. You know, one or two new things will have been introduced, but with a car like that, there's so much that's changed that actually 
the amount of time I've had now to take it all in has allowed me to understand it more and to make a better video piece as a result to explain mm. it to anybody who's watching. And, you know, this kind of content, it's not the same as, let's say, a newspaper that's on sale for a day and then it's gone. When you've shot yeah, a video test true. drive like yeah. this, people will still watch that video in five years, maybe even 10 years' time. Mm. <laughs> and it's a strange one to think about. It's relevant for so long, you know. And that must be quite high pressure then to have something that you know that people are going to be watching for, for quite a long time and thinking, wow, better, as you, as you said, better learn about this car, get my facts right to make sure I can definitely give people a good impression of this vehicle. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm probably the harshest person on myself for getting all the facts right, mm. getting all the details completely correct. And I love to be as factually you know, accurate as I can with everything and give every statistic and detail about any car that I'm test driving, um, probably sometimes to my own detriment. But it, it is important to be right with everything. And, you know, I guess connected to that to have built a reputation for creating content that is like that. You know, you won't see me saying something in a video which where I'll be, this might be because of yeah. something. If I've said it, it's because I've researched it, learned it. And that's why it was. People don't appreciate that pressure, Tim. You know, like you say, this is going to be hanging out there forever. If you say something then that six months time, three years down the line, whatever, someone's like, that that's not the talk or whatever, mm. that's going to come back to you. And it, 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 it kind of taints you slightly. So, yeah, you're right. It must be, that would be so frustrating. I would find that quite awkward and quite difficult. It is. But the, the, you know what the other pressure is, is when you're standing there holding a camera, you know, the selfie style, the extended <laughs> arm talking to it, it's just you talking to a small camera and then you remember that actually hundreds of thousands or maybe a million plus people are watching down the other end of yeah, that lens. Yeah. <laughs> but do that, does that make it easier or harder? Because like, oh, it makes you, it much harder. Does it? Well, how, why? I, I suppose in my head is translating that into here is the world's largest stadium full plus some. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's not the kind of... Many stadiums. <laughs> Multiple stadiums of yeah. people. Yeah. No, no, no. I know, I know exactly what, you, what you're going through. I mean, I've, I've had that plenty of times where when you're live on telly and then occasionally you'll just get, you'll get, oh, do you know how many viewers we had this time last week in your ear from the producer or whatever? And you'll be like, what? You were ho, ho? And you're on in three, two. And that it's suddenly, it's, you're not just doing it for your gran anymore. You know, there's, oh, wow, there's a, there's a lot of people watching this. Yeah, it kind of adds to the pressure, which is a lot of fun. Tim, let's talk about fame because this is, this is something that I find utterly fascinating. You chose this path early doors. You were like, right, YouTube, supercars, this is going to be, what. however I go about it, this is going to be what I want to do. I don't think you were necessarily, when you started, thinking, I want to be famous, or I want to go to places like Caffeine and Machine and, and basically have to do videos in the back parking lot because I get swamped everywhere <laughs> I go. I don't, think that was, I don't think that was something that was in your head to start with, was it? I don't think there was really any objective at the beginning. Uh, the, the strange thing is how social media has changed so much since I first picked up a camera and, and shared anything to do with cars. Uh, we're talking over a decade now um, doing this. And, and back then, mobile phones were in their infancy with having cameras that actually were decent enough to use. Um, Instagram didn't exist. TikTok and some of the new things certainly didn't exist. So it was very much a case of this is a bit of trial and error. I'm just going to upload stuff because I enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the interaction. I really enjoyed the fact that back then I could make a video, share it, mm. and people would comment. People from around the world who all had the same passion for, at that, that time for me, spotting supercars. Um, it, it was a, a fair few years later when it was the numbers were growing and I'd built up a, a fair subscriber base. I guess maybe it was 100,000 people or so that it became 
a full-time occupation for me when I when I left my job and took this plunge into yes I'm going to be a YouTuber which <laughs> you know we're talking seven or eight years ago and yeah. back then that term wasn't really yeah. what anybody knew yeah. I mean influencer as a phrase was still in its early days you think Kim Kardashian basically I, it, it wasn't well back then the word influencer wasn't really what was generally used if I did a contract with a brand or something it was it was normally like presenter or talent or something it wasn't influencer whereas now it would always that that's the word that would always be used. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the word itself but it was such an early period of the world that very quickly we've come to know now and obviously for me this was such a passion you know there was no monetary benefit to doing it at the start there was no business angle there was no intention it was just a hobby in the evenings <laughs> and weekends to go film some cars and go to events like motor shows and things and stick them on on youtube and see what would happen and it, it's crazy how you know that's expanded and, and grown over time and obviously with a business cap on i've thought how can i you know turn this into something what can i do with it and i've been very consistent i think the longest period i've gone basically without a video since I started uploading almost 12 years ago is something like three days. That's wow. ridiculous. Wow. That's and crazy. The, the, That's crazy. The, av the average, in fact, I've, d I've done on average more than a video per day since I started my YouTube channel, hmm. which makes me think sometimes and sometimes forget some of those moments mm. and some of the things I've actually made videos with. <laughs> so it's um, almost become a lifetime diary. <laughs> yeah, it, quite literally. I can look back at something and, and, you know, I've completely forgotten it. I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> when did I last wear this shirt? Hang on. Okay, 78 well, people, videos ago, so last week. People notice that. They'll say, this is the same. <laughs> you're wearing the same shirt you wore when you drove this or that car. And it's like... Okay, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a wardrobe for every single day of yeah, my well, life. Yeah, well, one of, one of the things that happens is because obviously traveling, you can only live with what you can fit in the, yeah. the luggage space of a normally impractical car. So <laughs> not really spoiled for luxury. I like the idea that people will be saying, oh, look, he only wears the blue striped shirts if he's driving a blue car or <laughs> a hyper car. A, a red shirt tomorrow, so that must be a classic car. Got to love a conspiracy <laughs> theory. Uh, but so, Tim, let's, let's go back to the fame thing because we didn't really kind of, kind of address it sort of fully. For example, because like I say, it's a byproduct that you weren't anticipating and, and, it, and it is very apparent, you know, you are famous. People know you, you get stopped for selfies, people write about you, there are blogs about you, there are impressions and so on. It's flattering and it's also exhausting, <laughs> I imagine. If I could give you everything you have right now, so whatever you've got in the bank, whatever car you've got, you know, or your collection or whatever, your circle of friends and so on, but without the recognition, you don't get known by anybody you don't get stopped there are no selfies there's no chats there's no online whatever would you swap it or do you like it as it is well that's a very easy one for me I, it, it's not that i would say i dislike all of that side of things but i never went into this with that kind of intention in the, at all yeah um, for me this was never chasing being recognized or, or getting selfies or something this was literally just sharing and a love of cars um so for me that would certainly be a slipping out of the limelight so yes. to speak. This is very interesting. I know sort of several people that would say the exact reverse. No, 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 that's, that's mm. the fix. That's what they love. They love being stopped here and asked for photographs and handshakes and so on. So I, I very much enjoy discussing and talking with people who do follow my content because there's an immediate, I, I guess, shared passion, but also shared experiences mm. because they've watched what I experienced and shared and almost felt like they were there and part of it. So there's instantly you know, the history of my cars to talk about or my, you know, what what hypercar I might have driven recently or something. There's immediately uh, a very interesting topic of conversation to start. And I really enjoy that. Uh, of course, it goes both ways. You know, sometimes you're 
chilling somewhere and you've got all the time in the world to talk with everybody who wants to talk sometimes i need to shoot my own video clip and you know people might constantly come up and ask for a selfie or something which i'm more than happy to do but at the end of the day i'm there trying to do my work so it's also mm. a little bit of a in a way an inconvenience it's a very strange dynamic i think that I'm still learning, even though I've been part of that world for quite a few years. And certainly a lot of people who aren't in it wouldn't quite get. Yes. it's Well, it's it, we've sort of been party to it because of the pandemic. The reporters reporting from home and the kids bursting into the room yes. when they're live on air. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of the equivalent of that, isn't it? Although you don't know the person that's bursting in, they're just in, in your frame. And they just want to say hello. But I'm, I'm actually, I'm three minutes into this video. Come yeah. on. Yeah. That was a really good intro and I got the talk yeah. right. Come on. You know, it's... Yeah. It, it happens. It happens. Um, but but equally, you know, there's a when creating content, for example, I, I'm trying to focus on what I'm actually doing. So if I've got a script or numbers in my head for the video, you know, not everything. I don't I don't just roll off the complete technical stats of every single car without a little bit of research and planning. So if I've got all of that ready in my head somebody coming up for a couple of minute conversation while lovely means that after the conversation, I then need to go back to my notes yeah. before I can roll the camera again. Do you find it difficult to, as if you're having, like everybody has bad days, when you have to still be this person that people watch and people do admire and, you know, think I want to do that job, especially when you meet them in person, do you find that difficult to try and push the, anything you've got personal aside to then be this person that we all know and, and love off of YouTube or something? One of the luckiest things I think I ever got right, not by intent, was having an internet persona, which isn't necessarily myself. Mm. So a separation between Tim and Shmi. Mm -hmm. So if, as you say, Tim has a really bad day, as of course over a decade I have. Yeah. You know, I've had days where I haven't been to sleep the night before because mm. somebody close to me hasn't been well or something. Mm. And then have to turn on the camera in the morning and start recording. Mm. But you go into the kind of, I'm acting this role. Not, not that I would say Shmi is a different person it's still very much the same you know i'm nerdy when it comes to the stuff and to the cars and that's the same both ways but it's enabled me to say right camera's on now i can turn off you know turn off for the moment whatever's going on whether it's a good thing or a bad thing camera's on focus on the video you know crack on this is the job so would you say it's like a caricature almost like an it, exaggerated it is, it version is. of yourself but the the other side of it which you wouldn't necessarily consider which has really helped is that when if there's any hate or negativity, and let's face it, you do anything online, somebody, sure. some percentage mm -hmm. of people are going to hate whatever you do, just for the stupidest of reasons, but it's going to happen. Anybody who hates something that I do as Shmi, I also don't take personally. Because, okay, you know, they can hate the fact that I'm quite excited on camera. Yes, that's part of the act. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, you know, that's, that's the nature not. of the videos. Yeah. That's, that's part of what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's, it's not, I don't then take it personally, which is great for kind of morale of doing things online. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's no secret anymore that when you, you know, when you have... Uh, as I do, a couple of million people that are following you and think in many ways, you know, they, I don't know how to describe it, but will tell you their opinions <laughs> to be diplomatic. Um, it gives you that that disconnect to, you know, keep yourself, I guess, quite sane doing it. Yeah. How does that sentence feel, Tim? Because I, 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 don't, I don't get the feeling you utter it lightly. You know, two million people, <laughs> minimum, Watch, I mean, that's, that's watching the crazy thing. That's the crazy thing. I mean, I mean, obviously numbers change, but I, I often sit down and, and, you know, this just makes me have to think. It's I, I, I'm currently over two million followers on YouTube, over two and a half on Facebook, one and a half on Instagram. The other platforms are all growing. And 
you know, per month reaching tens of millions, if not in a busy month, 100 million plus. And it's, wow. it makes me think, you know, this is the population of decent sized countries, certainly <laughs> <laughs> very big cities. And some of these, Tim, will be super fans. I mean, have you allowed your head to think about this? You know, there'll be some kids who, who've watched every second that you've done, probably multiple times. They probably do impressions of you in the mirror. They might even have drawings or caricatures of you on their walls i mean does that spin you out a little bit it's really cool you know i get i get sent things and and you know my team helped me read every message it would be impossible for me to to take in everything myself but we get sent like kids who might have a birthday cake that has one of my cars or is made in the shape of one of my cars or something like that or you know people very excitedly will share if they if they get given or even have purchased you know, something from my merchandise store, that kind of thing. And it's really cool to think that this is such a, a global thing as well, because it's very easy to think yes. here, you know, yeah. you know, we're in the UK, we're just focusing on the UK, for example. But the UK is actually only about 10% of my audience because it's the whole world. Yeah. Mm. And you can pick out the most random of countries, as we would think, you know, from where we're sitting, and there'll be hundreds of thousands of people watching per month. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, wait a second, here's an island in the Caribbean and there are how many people watching me every month? It's, it's not until you physically go there yourself and then you, yeah. you experience people walking up to you and be like, oh, hey, I yeah. love your content. And you're like, wow, no, this is actually, these are real people. Yes. It's suddenly not just a number. It's actually, no, you were all actually fans. And wow, this is amazing. Yeah, this is one of the craziest things for me is it, it's literally everywhere. I can go through passport control at an airport in some somewhere completely that I would, you know, I'm half asleep because I've stepped off a plane and all of a sudden somebody can go, oh my gosh, you're here. What are you coming to film? What's going on? And I'm like, wait a minute, where am I? What's going on? <laughs> you tell me. Yes. <laughs> I love it. But obviously with all of this comes comes the fun of, of madness and random nature. Yeah. You must have had some very strange offers in, in terms of. <laughs> I'd love to do. A, I'd love to do a range of something with you that you've that you've just read and gone. That is bonkers and brilliant and absurd and of course I can't do that but but I love that someone has thought my face on wing mirrors or whatever it might be <laughs> can you give us a couple of examples of some truly strange things that you've been offered I, I, I'm trying to think straight off of course there are there are all sorts of, of crazy things but I, we try very carefully certainly I try very carefully to keep true to myself you know I, I don't want to get involved with things that I'm not organically going to be involved with you know whether that's working with brands that are genuinely products I will use or whether that's. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
giving my you know opinions on videos or, or whatever it might be off the top of my head i'm trying to think like because what what can i talk about what can't i talk about yeah, as well, well I, remember. I mean you could say things like <laughs> shmi signet rings you know has anyone come up with that <laughs> has anyone suggested a, a brand of shmi tattoos has anyone got your face tattooed on their oh, body got, Ooh, that's a good question oh i don't I'm, I'm sure not my face. I hope not my face. I bet, <laughs> I bet there is somebody out there with a Shmi 150 logo on their arm. Well, talking of Shmi 150 logos, the most random thing probably about the logo that I found was about five years ago, so quite a long time ago already, I was at the Nürburgring over winter shooting a video with them where basically it was because it was closed, it wasn't operational. We were kind of just going from place to place around the track and taking some photos. And we pulled up at one section, a very famous section called Brunchen, which is where a lot of the spectators stand. YouTube on, corner. Yes, YouTube corner, exactly. <laughs> we pulled up, parked the car, opened the door and stepped out. And I kid you not, there was about a 50 centimeter by 40 centimeter Shmi 50 logo on the tarmac. The <laughs> I, I'm completely wow. bamboozled. And this was five years ago, before I'd even done many laps there myself. And yeah. it's like, how did that happen? Like, where, how, <laughs> what, who? Like, and the chance of you stopping at that point. Well, you're not supposed to graffiti on the ring, obviously. No, officially. <laughs> officially. No, officially. So no. I'm standing there with the, the Nürburgring media crew who are taking me around for the lap. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. This wasn't me. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's got an extra E. Oh, it's, uh, oh, I, I think it's 149 there. What's, what's going on? I'm very close to them now, but that was such a funny moment of like, how did, how, just yeah. what? But we have, I mean, talking interesting products, you know, as, as things grow and Certainly as things my end are growing as well, I'm moving into a new kind of premises, a garage effectively in an office space and able to grow my team a little bit more. We have a lot of quite unusual things in the works that we might be slightly premature to talk about right now, but some cool stuff coming. That's, I mean, that's, a, I would say that's a slightly open door. If, <laughs> let's, let's try this one out, Tim. If John Markar were to get your face tattooed on a part of his body, <laughs> your face, not the logo, the face, would you tell us? John, I'm, I hope you don't mind. I'm offering up some of your skin. Well, this, and this is not the first time you've offered up my skin for tattoo space of faces and logos. I know, I know. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's why you have the Michelin man around your, uh, your lower thigh. So, <laughs> so. I think I would probably prefer not to, not to know about <laughs> it. you say that, because I think I'd prefer not to. As well. All right, well, I'll hold you to this instead then, Tim. When, when the second you're ready to, to share this information, can we be the people that you share it with? Yeah, I think that's All fair. Right. I think that's fair. <laughs> we'll take that. Tim, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for dropping in and giving us some of your time now. I realise there's now a queue of people that want selfies, and nonetheless, <laughs> we can sneak you out the back if you like. Um, thank you so much for your company. What Always a pleasure. A pleasure. Great thank to you. see you again. So there we go. That was the conversation that we had with Tim Burton, a.k.a. Shmi150, at Caffeine Machine as part of our radio show recording. Now, we have got a full episode with tim a previous podcast episode it's episode 29 so if you scroll back if you haven't heard it uh, believe it or not it's actually one of our most popular one of our most downloaded episodes so if you want to hear more from tim we talk a lot about his life on the road his constant traveling i mean at the time that we recorded that he was in dubai whilst andy and i were here in the uk and i think the week after we've been speaking or even a couple of days after we've been speaking he was due to jump on a plane to go and film a load of stuff in the u.s so, uh, yes, he's a busy guy and uh, had an awful lot to say in that episode. So do go back if you haven't heard that. Episode 29, I think I titled it something like, Hi guys, I'm Shmi. So it's very, very easy to find. Now, coming up next, we have Alex Goy and the conversation that we had with Alex at Caffeine Machine as part of our radio show recording last week. Just like Tim, we have an episode with Alex as well. So previous episode 
33 of the Driven Chat podcast. It's called The Joys of Journalism. And that's where Amy Shaw and I have a really good chat with Alex about the world of freelance journalism. If you are the kind of person that's interested in getting into that world uh, as a journalist or a writer or uh, even even we touch in the areas of photography and events that sort of stuff that's a really really good episode for you to hear because there's a lot of insight into getting into the industry that is episode 33 if you want to go back and listen to that the joys of journalism with Alex Goy and to give you a flavor of what Alex Goy is all about here he is talking about the new Rimas that he's just been driving in Croatia speak to you in a bit it's our buddy on the show, the greatest automotive journalist that we get to talk to on a regular basis. Because <laughs> I'm saying that because he's looking at me with the most awkward What's of faces. What's a clarification? <laughs> it's the marvellous Alex What's Goy. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. Oh, he's the greatest ju- automotive journalist who who will who will turn up and say hi? Like the rest, <laughs> yeah, they you might do. Know how highly I can see you. I think you're absolutely brilliant, the leader and the pioneer. So we're delighted to have you back. Oh, on the you show, flirt! Alex. That'll get you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a bill tab, a bar tab to pick up later. So we'll oh, excellent, later. good. Anyway, Alex, look, how are you doing, man? We we had a great time, and lots of lovely people said lots of lovely things about you last time you came on with Lotus. That's very sweet of them. But you've been driving something utterly ridiculous recently, haven't you? Yeah, so the the reason for my visit, lady and gentlemen, is because I've driven, I think, the most expensive, fastest accelerating car in the world. Um, The embargo for it lifted this week. Uh, I went to Croatia. I travelled outside of the country. I had to take six COVID tests, uh, which is fun. There's a lot of brain tickling going on. But I have driven the Rimats C2, which is now called the Rimats Nevera. Ah. Which is very exciting. Okay, look, we have to learn all about this crazy car. You've obviously dropped in the crazy acceleration, etc. I need to know how that feels and so on. But before we do that, I've got to ask you, you mentioned the six COVID tests, right? Mm. (laughs) I have no idea how COVID is being dealt with in Croatia. I doubt any of us do, except for you. What's it like? Because I'm fascinated by how other countries are handling this thing. Uh, it's much. It seems to be much like the UK. Like they're they're really sensible with things. Like uh, if you're in a bar or a restaurant, the staff wear masks all the time. When you're sat down, you don't have to wear a mask. It's kind of optional in some places. I mean, I didn't venture through much of Croatia because I was there to drive a car, yeah. mm. and I was given the car on my own, and and that was all. That was all fine, and that was all legit. But no, they they seem to be that they the bits I saw were being sensible. Like in the airports, masks on all the time. Travelling is an absolute nightmare. It would take a whole radio show in itself to describe the unbelievable amount of faff it takes to leave the country. Basically, if you're thinking of going to an amber country, be prepared to spend a lot of money and a lot of time not having fun Mm. uh, in order to have a little bit of fun. I mean, worth it for work, but for a holiday, you know, Broadstairs is lovely this time of year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, was it, I mean, was it even weird? Because I think even being on a plane sounds completely bonkers right now. Was it a bit strange? Uh, The plane was cool. The plane was fine because they they kind of spaced us all out, so I wasn't next to someone. Okay. Um, that was okay. The weirdest bit was flying back because we had a connection via Frankfurt. Frankfurt Airport is massive and uh, there was no one around. Like, there were no other human voices. So I was travelling with another journalist and we were just going, this is really weird. Wow. Where are the people and where's the noise and why is McDonald's closed? I'm hungry. <laughs> and then, just, and then got to Heathrow and despite... You know, the, 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 the masses of tests and checks and things I had to submit 
to get into the country or to even be given my boarding passes, I was through really quickly. Because if you do it sensibly and fill out all your forms and go, here is proof of COVID test, here is proof that I've filled out the form to get back in the country, they're absolutely fine. If you don't fill any of that in, you will rightly be held up for being a moron. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. So if you are going to travel, don't be a moron. Wise words. Fabulous. (laughs) Love it. I mean, Um, I I think when I come to power, that will be one of the the, the cardinal laws. It's now illegal to be a moron. Just don't be a moron. It's not (laughs) difficult to do this stuff. It's just faff. Anyway, let's not talk about travel. Let's talk about driving really quickly in a straight line. (laughs) Yes. Well, well, my first question is quite simply, you've mentioned that it is insanely fast. Just yes. remind us how quickly those So the uh, the Rumatz Nevera yeah. in my in my best uh, stats voice I do have to bring out a, a uh, a list here because the numbers are just mind-blowing. It comes with a 120 kilowatt hour battery that can be recharged from 20 to 80 percent in uh, 18 minutes. Wow. A full charge is 340 miles, so 80 percent is about 270 miles. The battery is, of course, enormous. Uh, it has a 200 kilo um, carbon fiber monocoque that includes the the uh, the battery casing and the cockpit and the doors and the front or not the doors but the the holes and the roof and basically everything that you're in and that doesn't open uh it has a uh it comes with are you ready for the fun number let's do it this is what i want to hear 1914 horsepower <laughs> 1696 pound foot they say it'll get from 0 to 62 in 1.97 seconds that's exceeding their expectations and they They've still got a bit more development to go. They're still not quite sure on the tyres, I think wait, it was. That's, 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 wait, 0 to 62 in less than two seconds. Yes, 0 to 100 in 4.3. Yeah, 0 to 186 in 11.6 seconds. That's My ridiculous. Okay. That's, that, that's, a, that's an average super mini to 62. You can be doing three times that. <laughs> you know, I can't help but think. Like, I, I immediately go to if let's say, let's imagine we are driving on a motor racing circuit, yeah, and things get a little bit wrong, and we're doing, say, let's let's go with that sixty-two miles an hour or that hundred kilometers an hour. It all goes a bit wrong, and uh, we fall off the track. But we luckily we hit a nice soft tire wall. Yeah. In my head, I'm thinking. With that nice soft tyre wall, it's probably about 1.9 seconds to come to a stop from 60, and I think that would hurt. You know, it's still a nice soft wall. I mean, but that's luckily, hurt. luckily, I didn't experience sudden stopping no, 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 with the aid I'm, of a what wall. I'm is <laughs> that that stopping time is probably going to be about 1.9 seconds. So, is the acceleration time not being that aggressive? Is it not so, slightly painful? Um, it's not painful what it is is it is it's such a bizarre thing because i've you know we've all experienced fast stuff like to mm. put it into perspective the zenvo you guys were playing yes. right i drove that month or so ago it's amazingly fast it's noisy it's visceral especially when you get to the high rev range it just it bursts yes. and then you pull the paddle and then a big shotgun noise and then it bursts again right yep. Yep. imagine just the burst from standstill just that burst of power and you get whirry noises and you get kind of electric car noises. There's no silly V8 noise, which is sad, but instead you get silly electric car UFO noises. I want an example of the noise. I refuse to do that. Um, <laughs> I am not Michael Winslow or whatever his name was. Um, but what you do, so to put it into launch mode, you put your foot on the brake and then you put your foot on the gas and the, the whole car goes, ah, you wish to go very quickly in a straight line. Allow me to demonstrate. And then you lift off. And like what you normally expect in a fast car, like, well, my my benchmark for a fast car is a Porsche 911 Turbo S of any generation, right? Yeah. 
it is fast. It's all-wheel drive. You'll get off the line in, you know, less than four seconds. The 991.2 Gen was 3.3 or something like that. That's fast. That's quick. That's quick. But eventually, it sort of runs out of steam. Like, you, you kind of, it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. But the acceleration, the force, just kind of uh, winds off. With the Rimats, it does not. Um, it will do a quarter <laughs> mile in less than nine seconds, um, which is what I did on a runway and the the thing like if you there, there is a video here's here's the plug there is a video on car faction where you can see the run and what it does to the shiny pink idiot in the hot seat can we see what it does to your face uh <laughs> well it's, it's not what it does to my face it's what it does to my entire mental faculty because you go oh okay this is quite brisk but then it doesn't stop yeah, being brisk course, and it pushes you back and back and back and back and back to the point where you're you know my, my vision started to tunnel because there was you know yeah. a big runway and so there was no real perspective apart from some cones which i got to very quickly uh, and it Push the air out of my lungs because I didn't quite know what to do. Wow! It was that. It was that overwhelming. Yes, I don't think I would love that. I, I, <laughs> I mean, say. I did it a couple of times and I did enjoy it, but I'm I'm glad I didn't do it any more than I did. I think yeah. it's one of those things that if you get used to it, you know, you, nothing can surprise you anymore. Because what it did do is it made every single vehicle I've ever driven slow. Everything oh, yeah, is slow. Of course, of course, it changes right. your perception on all sorts. I hear a lot of people say similar things about. When they go into the world of superbikes, mm. why do you want a fast car anymore? Because nothing feels fast. Yeah, and I guess if this is where the world is going, yeah, you know, with these crazy high horsepower cars. I mean, the 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 way they've managed to deal with the powertrain, the way they've dealt with the power delivery is is just it's brilliant because you can have it in various modes. There are seven modes: there's comfort and range and sport and track and drift, and then a couple of custom ones. And you can just have it in comfort. Bear in mind you're sat on 2,000 horsepower. Yeah, the power's metered depending on the the thing you're in, but it'll still unleash it pretty briskly. And you can go, right, I want to overtake that person. And you have to recalibrate how you use the throttle because there's no clutch to dip. There's no gears to, to swap. You just go, okay, I need to be past that person. If you give it the beans, you'll not only be past that person, you'll be at the horizon. Mm. <laughs> so you have to give it like 10% more and you're going, you know, uh, a 911 at a decent clip, you'll get round them. 20% more, you're going in a Ferrari at quite a decent mm. clip. 30% more, and you are you're you're gonna break some laws like instantly. So you have to you have to kind of recalibrate how you drive. But when you get used to it, it's like driving a normal car. I mean, it's wide and it makes some noises. And the one I was in was a was a bit pre prods. So there are a couple of squeaks and rattles, but those won't be there. Yeah. And it. it, it it was just fine. Like I could see out of it. It had cameras all round it. It was. It was what happens if you have a genius at the helm, like Mate Rimatz, a guy who just decided, "I want to make electric hypercars. I'm going to do that," and accidentally ended up becoming a world leader on EV tech. Like I had a good chat with him about it, which I could, I could talk about that for hours, but I shan't. And he was like, well, I wanted to start with building hypercars, but instead um, the way to do that, to make it its own business, was to develop the powertrains. And now, you know, Porsche owns part of his business. Hyundai yeah, owns part of his business. Yeah, clever man. Um, like most people, like as a, one of the colleagues I was, I was out with said, you know, most people by the time they're 33 would quite like to own a Bugatti. Matty Rimat's owns Bugatti. <laughs> that's that's the way it goes. Right. But it's 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 really well thought out. So 
there are cameras so you can park easily. A lot of hypercars don't have that right. because it's, you know, there's packaging and there's radiators and there's things. I was I was having a look at how Bugattis are, are serviced a couple of weeks ago and the packaging is just insane. Now imagine that, but without a big engine. Instead, you have big batteries and you'd still have cooling. But the way Rimats has managed to do it is just, it's what you would really hope for. It is, at the moment, it is that zenith. Mm. So a, an old colleague of mine had this theory that every decade or so there is a supercar renaissance so in the 90s there was xjt20 mclaren f1 maybe tail end of f40 maybe yeah, yeah. um in the noughties we had mercedes mclaren slr enzo and uh veyron. well Ve- veyron veyron was kind of i was thinking more carrera gt but veyron oh, no, you're right because that was veyron, like 2009 yeah, yeah veyron yeah. pushed the game forward then the last one, of course, we had the Holy Trinity. This next one, it's all electric. The last time was hybrid. This time yeah, it's electric. Course, we have the Pininfarina Batista, which, you know, may, they may have been having some conversations with Rimats. Um, <laughs> we have the Rimats Nevera. You know, they're making 150 of them. They're 2 million quid a go, 2 million euros a go before you start doing options. They have options packs as well. <laughs> um, and the Lotus Avaya. Yeah, like yeah. The, this, this generation's supercar renaissance is all electric and it's from none of the spaces you would have expected there's no, not right. a prancing horse in there because yeah. they're way too late to the game this is very yeah. fun and you know what i love about this alex is earlier on you said yeah it's it's hitting 62 sub two seconds yeah which is faster than they expected you've also mentioned it's not quite finished which means you were no. basically driving a prototype uh, well it was already it was, exceeding it was, expectations it was a little it was a little bit pre-prod by their own admission um so there were a couple of squeaks and rattles there are a few things so when i drove it the top speed was limited to 186 miles oh, an hour i think shame. you know a pedestrian <laughs> top speed yeah still quite brisk i mean i did the quarter mile i finished it at I think I, I glanced on the video, 260 kilometres an hour. So my terminal speed was about 150-odd. Like, it was still quick. Uh, and, that, yeah, they've got some some tyre testing to go. There's still more to go. So they have their target um, stats, which are the ones I, I read out. Mm. They've already exceeded one of them, I think. Wow, um, they were going to have a two-speed gearbox. Instead, they've, they've, they've done it in one. Like, it's, it's a marvel of engineering, and it's come from... Croatia, which they, you know, Mate Rimac is very honest. He's like, well, you know, we are Croatian industry. Like, we know we've got to fight against the Porsches, the Ferraris, like the McLarens, all these massive powers. We're a new business. But, you know, I was, I was talking to him and said, did you ever think it would end up like this? And he went, hey, man, I'm 33. This isn't the end. <laughs> I mean, he's making me feel like an abject failure. <laughs> but more power to him. I mean, this is great. And and what I love is that, again, there's a sort of Willy Wonka-esque figure in the automotive industry that's seizing, like, like Elon. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's going, yeah. let's harness electricity, let's make it crazy, let's show people we can do remarkable things in utterly bonkers ways, and then we'll use what we've learned to mainstream it and I mean, hopefully bring down the costs and improve the range and so on and so forth. Kind of like Elon, but with less of an ego. <laughs> he's just getting on with it, isn't he? His, yeah, his, like. His, like, his, his whole jam is, we're going to make this and we're going to make it good. Yeah. Uh, when I spoke to, 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 to Rimats himself, I was like, do you feel a responsibility? And he's like, yeah, I, he, he does, because he, he sees it kind of as his job to make electric cars not only usable, but also fun. He wants to make that a thing that people aspire to like you know the future is electric in one form or another as we discussed last time i was on but it just depends on how that electricity is delivered and if the top of the tree right now is a 2000 horsepower 2 million euro 
mega thing, then that that is going to tumble down. We are going to see more of that. Like we're going to see the technology. Like it's got the home. Everything on it is homemade. So it's really? well homemade in the sense of there's a massive lab full of really intelligent engineers, but it's all <laughs> custom built for the car by like a couple of things, including the one one CPU for the AI driver coach. Huh. Uh, I mean, that's always what I was hoping for. How's the one <laughs> CPU for the AI driver coach? Is it? I mean, if they're not even using other people's tech for that. Uh, well, no, that's that, that that's an Nvidia one. one. So that you can turn up to certain race tracks and you can press a button and the car will then show you the best line around the track. Oh, wow. <laughs> if it's if it's preloaded, if it's not preloaded, uh, Rimat said in a presentation, just just do a couple of laps and it'll sort it out, and the Figure car will talk mm. you round it. And this Good is where Lord. racing drivers have this wonderful second life. Not you anymore. Know, <laughs> well, no, that you still need a racing driver to take that line to program the car to show them the line. You see? Yeah, once. Well, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> tracks change. <laughs> oh yes, after earthquakes. No, it's the like I, I could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours about this thing. The experience, it's 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 second to none. Like it was it was just mind blowing. You're glowing about this, Alex. I mean, we've known. Well, that each might other be gentle time. sunburn as well. There's a little <laughs> bit of gentle sunburn. But no, I mean, I've seen you nonplussed by cars. I've seen you elated by cars. But this genuinely, I'm getting the sense you feel this is a game changer. It's it is a game changer. Like uh, uh, if if someone ever says to me electric cars are boring, I will point them in the direction of the Nevera and go, No, you are wrong. It is incredible. Like it's. Everything we can see out here will have its place. So there's a very shiny Ferrari next to us. There's you know there's that Kia Stinger that John loves so much. <laughs> I don't. Uh, there's a P38 Range Rover. There's Boxsters. There's all these things with so much charm. But all of them are slow now. Yeah. And all of them have unnecessary mechanical bits that don't quite need to be there. Yes. However, if you add up everything that you've just mentioned they don't come to 2 million euros. I mean, just no. <laughs> no, just aside, but you know, we're, we're, we're already kind of past the point where EV tech is becoming affordable. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have something like a Kia, Kia e Nero or a, uh, was it a, a Hyundai Kona electric? Yeah. Um, you know, those are more affordable electric cars. So we've got the basic stuff down. And if you think of the parent company of those two vehicles also happens to own a stake in Rimats, whose job is to make electric cars fun we're going to start seeing stuff you know we 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 already know what Rimats is doing some stuff for we know that they're working with porsche and we're, sorry it's working with porsche we know it's working with hyundai um Rimats, uh did the battery for the aston martin valkyrie it's done work with koenigsegg like it's working on every single strata it's yeah what you're basically saying, this is what I'm taking away from this, is there's a fun future for automotive. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. We just need to sort out the weight problem. The Nevera right, does... Mate, I'm trying to lose it. Steady <laughs> well, on. Well, the thing is, if, 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 if you jumped into a Nevera, you wouldn't make too much difference. And it's I think it's two and, two and change. So it's over two tonnes. Oh, that's heavy. It's quite heavy. That's but it does have 2,000 horsepower. So it's 1,000 brake per tonne. It can handle it. So... <laughs> When, you, when it comes to electric cars, do you think that it's just a case of more time and technology to make that technology lighter, or do you reckon there's something that's um, quite obvious that we could be doing to try and limit that? Um, ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, for probably better suited for someone far smarter than me, I think <laughs> it's um, for me at least it's a matter of infrastructure and a matter of charging time, not necessarily range, because if a car takes forty minutes to charge for to get a hundred miles. That's not a road trip car. That's not an occasional take out of town car, like say a super mini would be. Yeah. 
um, that becomes difficult and that limits you. But the moment you get the charge infrastructure from, say, 20 to 80% in 18 minutes, and that's on a massive 120 kilowatt hour battery, all of a sudden it starts two, becoming realistic. Miles. I mean, you, you start, you do need to, you do need the proper charge. You need the 350, 500 kilowatt charges, but that's an infrastructure problem on top of a technology problem. Because mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the point I make to a lot of people is that I live in a flat and people say, oh, electric car would be perfect for London. Like, it would be brilliant, except in order for me to charge it at home, I'd need to convince the people who run the building to put a charge point in my space and only my space but then who would pay for the electricity? Is it mine? Well, it is technically out there for everyone in the building if they want to use it. So then if I don't do that, I have to open my front door, trail a three-pin plug out of the cupboard to keep my vacuum cleaner in, over a corridor, out of a window, down one storey, across uh, a car park, and then into whatever car I've got there for eight hours at a time. Yeah. I can't see that as practical. It's not ideal. But there are there are some there are the char- public charging infrastructure is getting better, but it doesn't suit me right now. I think some of my my neighbours and people nearby they charge. I think there's a Model Three and a Model S and a uh, there's a Kangoo ZE van ZE van sorry um, that charge off of uh, outlets in streetlights, which is proper smart. It's a good use of road furniture. But for me that that wouldn't work because if I need to drive to Caffeine and Machine and back in a day, eh. But we're getting there. Electric cars will be a thing in some way, shape, or form. There will always be a space for piston-powered cars. Always, always, always. Um, but if 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 we're if the highlight right now is two thousand horsepower and you can't breathe properly while you're driving it because it's that quick, um, yeah, that's okay. See, this I'm is what right. I love about Alex. Amy asks a question. He says, "I'm not the right man to answer it," and then gives the best answer <laughs> anyone's going to hear. Uh, Alex, mean, look, it's it's an absolute joy, my friend. We're out of time, but w- what a joy! Thank you so much for coming on. Hi and bye, and can thank we, you. Can we get you back soon to talk about the thing that you've just driven that we're not allowed to talk about right now? Uh, you can if if I'm in the area. <laughs> if I'm in the area when the embargo's lifted, then yes. Otherwise, so. otherwise I can do a phoner. Well, we could do that something. as well. Amazing, Alex. Thank you so much. And that's it. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening once again. If you've made it to this point, then you're you're in that kind of elite club that makes it right to the very end. You can feel free to comment on the last thing we put on Instagram to say, I'm elite. And that way, we'll know who the hardcore fans are. Thank you very much. Speak to you again next week. Be good, be cool, be kind. Happy motoring. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat Podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven Podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.